Welcome everybody to Around the ACL and we have a lot to talk about today. We have the Canada Open. This is Michelle Thompson and I am joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. Um, super excited. I didn't get to catch a lot of it and I'll tell you guys why in a second, but um, cool stuff happening in Canada. A draft? I didn't even know we were having a draft. Like that's amazing. Uh, love where it's going there in Canada and excited for other countries to follow suit very soon. We have news around the league, uh, buy or sell. We've got some podcast changes we can't wait to share with you. And then a new uh, game, underrated, overrated, or properly rated. All of that coming to you here. But first of all, Trey, how was your weekend? It was good. Um, I always have to, you know, I always say, um, I'm I'm both lucky and cursed at the same time that um, Shelby is her birthday is Valentine's Day, right. so I get I I get to have to double up on everything that I do. So like this time of the year, you got to knock it out of the park. So we did kind of uh, we 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 uh, did a little celebration of her birthday. Shocker! I guess I'll let you guys guess where that was. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Wait, we got to start the new over under for the Disney trips for twenty twenty four. So, um, so yeah, so we did a little bit of that. Um, just a, a quick trip, and uh, she had a, she had a good time. So, uh, I just need to follow through on. Um, on like getting a good dinner reservation for her actual birthday. And then I'll be in the clear for this time of the year. So that's good news. I'm on a, I'm on a good front there. So um, spent, spent most of my time there and then um, got to catch a little bit of action of, of, of the Canadian open, which is good. So watched a little bit on my phone as things were going, especially on the, listen to it on the drive home um, for a nice seven and a half hours. So that was, that was good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that your wife's an, an amazing <laughs> gift giver either, right? Like, you correct, to, like, correct. That's not why like it's I don't anybody. even. Here's the good news: I don't even try to do gifts anymore. I just do experiences because Smart. experiences I can. Uh, she's always going to have a good time, but a gift. If I get the wrong gift, and you know how good of a gift giver she is, then I'm in trouble. So, yeah. like, I just avoid it altogether. Fair. <laughs> I think it's wise, Anthony. How about you? Did you catch any of the cornhole this weekend? Yeah, for sure. Caught some cornhole and um, I'm finding myself throwing more bags lately. Um, wow. My last, I, my, I was thinking about it. My last tournament is coming up on a year anniversary in March. So because of the lab, so I'm here in the ACL lab, you know, you, all these bags you see behind me are the, to, the 2024 models and we're, we're doing a bunch of testing here in the lab. So I'm around bags a lot more. Um, I've got some wizard L's. Uh, from Rich, I appreciate that. So I've been kind of going through some bag breaking theories. And so I was throwing bags. I'm finding myself throwing bags more. I said it was like a, maybe three weeks ago where I said I, I tried my first kind of test and I, I lined myself up against Ghost Nines and really surprised myself. So I gave up one point. I won 21 to one. And anybody who plays Ghost Nines and you win like that, you're like, damn, I should have played Ghost 10s. Like that would have been my yeah. chance <laughs> to, to beat Ghost 10s. So, so now I'm finding myself no joke. It was Wednesday night and I actually looked up tournaments. I'm like, wow, the chances there's a tournament tonight. Like maybe should I go try and get in a tournament? And I saw some stuff and I'm like, ah, I didn't end up playing in one, but I kind of feel like, you know, maybe a, a tournament is coming in my future soon. Uh, Cause I just haven't played this game in so long. And, and I have this false sense that I'm good and watch, I'm going to get in a tournament and just suck, you know, like have one good game of ghost nines and then just suck. But well, yeah, I've been throwing bags a lot more. 
I think everybody hates you right now because you just said you never play and you beat Ghost Nine. I mean, I know I do. So <laughs> there's, there's that. Um, so thank you for that little tidbit today. Um, <laughs> no, I thank think you that, that. you probably you're probably going to do just fine, Anthony. I'm not worried about you at all. Uh, I didn't catch a lot of it. Um, I was actually out of town. I, I was visiting uh, family and friends in LA. And so I just didn't really get a chance. I was just present with them the whole weekend. So um, didn't get get to catch a lot of it. But I see Jimmy Humans was our singles winner. Uh, doubles, yeah. Jordan Power, Joe Neistead. So congrats to all of the US guys there. Uh, for the Canada Pro singles, Brandon Brown took, took that down along with doubles with Bernie Portalesi. So no big shockers there. Dang it, my hot take didn't work out. You know, I was looking forward to my spicy hot hot take. Uh, that was but hot. congrats to everybody. <laughs> Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh first and foremost, gotta talk a little bit about Jimmy Humans. I think to an extent he's becoming a poster child for the international game. And I think that's intentional on his front, right? I mean, I think Jimmy Humans is a great player, but internationally he's becoming recognized that one of the as one of the best players in the world right and when we put jimmy humans on a scale of where he would be here in the states as a pro player let, let's let's be honest about where he is he's a he's a top you know maybe 25 15 player that's kind of his range i think where he is right now he can certainly blossom up to a, a higher ranking and he could fall lower than that depending on the day that he in particular has but when you look at his travels internationally he's truly performing at a very, very high level um, and, and doing so in an in incredible fashion. So, uh, you know, shout out to Jimmy Humans for, for committing to that level of travel, but he's also becoming a very recognizable face in that international game. And I think that'll continue as he continues to play at all these different international events. So he gets another one. He gets a big win in Canada to go alongside a lot of his European titles um, I think he's a little bit bummed he didn't make it out to Australia to, to perhaps steal one of those titles as well. But now yep. he's won. He's won on multiple continents. He's won on multiple countries. And I, I think that's really impressive. Um, jumping over onto the double side, I think you could start to say the same exact thing about Jordan Power. Now, Jordan Power has yet to have the European success that Jimmy Humans has had, but at least in Canada, Jordan Power has shown that he wins more than anybody in the country of Canada when it comes to these big open events when you're having these larger opens. Now, as the year goes along, Canada is going to have more and more of these opens, and you're going to have more opportunity for some of these Canadian players to make a name for themselves. Um, but in reality, Jordan Power is, is a powerhouse up there north of the border. And he continues to win. He's won singles now. He's won doubles. He wins doubles again, this time alongside Joe Niestet. And he's won it with different partners in the past. So there's something about, uh, whether it's that building in Niagara Falls, uh, Jordan Power continues to deliver at a really high level. Joe Niestet is another person that continues to get some success. We talked about it was Joe Niestet's breakout last year at yeah. this Canadian Open that he won. And then he turned around and we kind of said, oh, it was really good, you know, pat on the back, but we really want to see it at the open level or at the pro level here in the States. And what did he do just a couple weeks later? He wins that signature open event last year. And that kind of set him up to really have a successful season. If you think about it, uh, Joe Niestet was an MVP candidate the first half of 2023. Now, he didn't finish in the same regard that he did 
um, that he started the, the the season last year, but it at least propelled him into that conversation, which put him on the map in a way to be a really dominant player. Can that same level of success do the same thing for Neistat again with a new partner, this time playing alongside his pro partner? Or could you argue the same thing could be said for Jimmy Humans and or Jordan Power? Is this a really good stepping stone event with good timing as we're getting closer to that pro season to give them the uplift that they need to maybe part, be part of, if not the MVP conversation, are we talking about a top 10, top 15 conversation? So um, really impressed with what we saw there. Um, really impressed by uh, a team Titan in general. Team Titan yeah. threw, threw a lot of players out there. We had Trey Birchfield and Adam Hister had another really strong run. We saw Austin Slobom. We saw Nico Morales had a really strong um, appearance there. So all of those players came out as a unit and really dominated in doubles. If there was any exception to that, it was probably Ryan Smith and Elizabeth Tennyson. So, yeah, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but there's something different to Elizabeth Tennyson this year. And I don't know if it's the grind factor or what it is, but I always start paying attention when someone continues to end up in that podium. And now this is multiple events back to back. Now, granted, one was an open event with maybe the not best competition in her bracket. Sure. Uh, then we follow it up with a Canadian open in doubles, which doesn't, isn't going to have the same level of depth. Sure. But it's still an impressive run that she's been on over the past couple months. This time, you know, she plays alongside Ryan Smith, which we know at any given time can be near the top of the game. And she's just someone that I'm paying more and more attention to when yep. she walks in the building. And no, was that women's division the most stacked we've ever seen? But there were other pro women in that field that Elizabeth Tennyson had to beat to get there. And pro women that on a national perspective are ones that we talk about uh, very often. So uh, in the end, was impressed with some of the top-level talent that went out there. Frank Verona had himself a good day, but I won't steal Anthony's thunder. I know he's a Frank Verona fanboy, so I won't talk too much about him. Um, but in the end, yeah. Big facts. Impressed, <laughs> impressed by some, some of the players that, that went up there to Canada. I, I hope you wear that shirt, Anthony. I want to see you wear Frank Verona fanboy t-shirt. I'm all here for it. I'll um, do it. Anthony, I will rep it. (laughs) Yeah, Frank Verona Stan is right. All right, what you got, Anthony? Yeah, you kind of talked about hot takes at the beginning, Misha. So yeah, my hot take from last week, you kind of led to it, was Nico Morales or Frank Verona win singles. I went with Nico ultimately because I felt like it was the hotter take simply because Nico has that bag running style of game and an all-in commitment to airmail. High risk, high reward, and we know that that style of game is just not winning championships anymore right now. Example, Donald Cup wins his bracket, uh, uh, not wins his bracket, leads his bracket in PPR at here at the Canadian Open, took seventh. And then his lady, Maya Cup, was right at the top. I want to say she was like third. Also with the bag running style game, big airmail, took 13th in her bracket. And she was just shy of 10 over 53 rounds. And in that field, where the town is a little bit lower. There's a chance for Maya Cup to break out. She probably came in and got the numbers she wanted PPR-wise, but you're just not going to get the wins anymore with that style of game. Uh, we mentioned Evan Vanos uh, last week, Mish, right? We talked about him as a rookie in the showcase. Let's keep an eye on him. He made the king seat, finished third overall, and he gets two big wins, Mish. Ryan Smith and Trey Birchfield for Evan Vanos. So some confidence coming into the pro season for, for the rookie. 
Uh, Brandon Earls, this was our uh, this is our college singles champ, right? Uh, same Brandon Earls. Um, so yep. he's building up a bit of a, a resume. Um, he knocks Adam Hisner out of the tournament on his way to a fourth place finish. Uh, but yeah, it comes down to Jimmy Humans and Frank Verona. They get the wins in their specific brackets, end up in the championship. Guys, Frank Verona, um, the dude is really climbing here pre-pro season. Pre-pro season. That's a lot of peas right there. Um, really in the shadows of all these rookies we've been talking about, right? We got uh, Trader, Ellis, Soto, Allen, Wilson. And now we're starting to talk a lot about this Verona kid. I think the dude is setting up to peak at the right time. And we could come into the pro season and he blows up the uh, rookie of the year ballot. Uh, keep an eye out for this guy because he is peaking, I think, at the right time. And and uh, it was Jordan Power who dropped the tweet right after his loss from Frank Verone. And he said, the dude does not miss a roll bag and he sets up his shots very well. That's Jordan Power on uh, Verona talking about that matchup there. So a lot of talent for this run, uh, this rookie. Uh, someone that we um, we need to just keep talking about because I think he's going to be dangerous. But yeah, Jimmy Humans, my guy. Um, Jimmy Humans, you know he's got a cornhole IQ of of twelve million. You know he's a, a big uh, cornhole mind in this sport. He gets the dub, and I, I really like. We talk about guys that run bags and have a strong airmail. We're starting to see that gap really separate in the tournaments. We would typically call Jimmy Humans in the past a bag runner, right? He's not going to roll. He's going to use that cut every so often. But what he does really, really well, and I keep saying it over and over again, is that speed control part of the game. Yes, he's going to be straight line going for the hole. He's going to control his speed, though. He's going to suffocate the hole. He's going to be in front. He's going to be on. He might not have the roll to counteract traffic, but what does he have is an amazing push bag. So J Jimmy Humans will force errors when he's suffocating the hole and then clean up with a top, I mean, probably top five push bags in the game. And then he does have an airmail to match that. And doing it with a, uh, you know, I guess you can call it a slower style bag. It was a, eh, maybe not a slower style bag because it's not carpet, but it's a 7-9 fracture. Uh, most people might not be familiar with that bag, and he might be the only one throwing those, but really got the uh, got it done there. And then in doubles, we kind of said last week it was like, this feels like uh, 2016 where you show up to a tournament and you, you go, one of those four guys are going to win this. Um, that's exactly what happened, right? We had Jordan Power, Joe Neistead, um, taking it down, Schlobaum and Morellis in two, Hisner, Trey Birchfield, three, Smith, Tennyson, you mentioned them coming in fourth, and then we start to get some names uh, from the rest of the field there, but no surprise with Power and Needstead taking it down, but still, going through a Schlobaum Morellis, not easy, you know, with Birchfield and Hisner in the field, still getting the dub, they're definitely going to be a force to deal with in the pro season, Misha. I agree. News around the league. We had the North Carolina State Championship this past weekend. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Jamie Graham, and uh, Jamie Graham was able to take that down in both singles and doubles with Frank Maudlin. Anthony, I know you've got uh, some stuff to talk about with Jamie, so let's hear it. I do, yeah. Um, you know, good timing. Last week, uh, you know, Jamie Graham was a topic of our over-under segment. You know, we uh, we basically said over under end of season ranking for uh, Jamie Graham was set at seven. And we had to choose if we were going to be over or under that. Uh, we talked about how Jamie Graham makes it difficult, right? He attends limited events. Um, he's got this uh, this thing about changing his swing and changing his pitch, which drives Trey absolutely crazy. He kind of has some suspect finishes 
in some tournaments and we're like, well, what's going on there? Um, but the thing is, is when the pro season starts, the dude always shows up and did, did the, did the champ, the reigning champ show up this weekend and he did change his throw again, Trey. He showed up, got the sweep with the new swing. Just kind of walk you guys through this because it's an amazing run through the North Carolina State Championships in, in singles. Again, this is a state championship. Look at this bracket he's dealing with. You got Travis Purser, Chad Hunt, Duncan Clemmer, Colby Shearer. Let's throw Tyler Poitras in there, Jackson Gore, Eric Davis, and then you can sprinkle in Hunter and Peters. This is the kind of bracket that he's dealing with at the North Carolina State Championships. That's just one bracket, by the way. There's a whole nother bracket. This guy, Jamie Graham, he throws a 10.55 over 75 rounds, but what's more important, a 1.45 DPR. On average, and he goes through an all-pro field, on average, he's winning 21-5. to Tyler Poitras, 21-0. Colby Shear, 21-0. Takes down the bracket, 21-0. Goes undefeated. Uh, the dude fries the field. He threw nine, 49 of 56 bags in the hole in the final to take down Maudlin. Good run for Maudlin, by the way. We talked about the, the slide game in the airmail. He goes through a bracket with Josh Holland, Derek Holland, Pat Sem. He beat Jake Gore twice. Stop playing. Um, but it was the uh, the Tommy Slyker, ACL Pro Tommy Slyker, which really got my attention this weekend. Feed pops up, and it says, 91 of 92 bags in the hole right now for Jamie Graham at North Carolina State Championship. I was like, what? So now I start digging in. Um, he uh, shows up, gets the sweep, singles and doubles. Um, he takes down doubles with Modlin, and we get into doubles, Misha. It gets crazier. He threw an 11.25 in doubles with a 1-3-1 DPR. 11.25 in a tournament. Uh, the match to get to the king seat. Derek Holland against Jake Gore. We got two top 20 pros from last season. He threw nine four-baggers, 36 consecutive bags, a 12 PPR in that match. He lines up against Jake Gore. He outscores Jake 22 to zero in that match. Their only loss on the day was in the king seat against Tyler Poitras and Stephen Moore. And in that loss, Graham lines up against Tyler Poitras. Tyler Poitras missed four bags that entire game. He threw an 11-2-5. Graham said, doesn't scare me. I'm going to better that one, 11-3-3. He wins his side of the board. It's Maudlin who gave up 17 of the 21 points in that loss, lining up against an amateur, Stephen Moore. Doesn't matter. They come out of the loser side. They get the win in that one. Going through, Clemmer Holland, 21-4. Jackson Gore Shear, 21-6. Purser Manuel, 21-4. Clemmer Holland again, 21-3, and then they get Purser Moore, 21-3, absolutely dominated that. And Graham switching bags, switching throws, switching bags. We know that's what he does kind of coming into the pro season. He's playing with stuff. He is really dedicated to these all-cornhole shag attacks with the step over, Trey. Uh, if the pro season started today right now, Jamie Graham goes into the pro season with a step over, throwing shag attacks, and I think he makes another run at the world championship. But does he keep it? Anthony, does he keep it? It is very possible you go into the world championship and he has a static non-step. Watch. <laughs> All right. I have the solution for Jamie Graham and Frank Modlin. Okay? Because here's the thing. When I look at this, you look at those results. Jamie Graham in singles, dominant. Frank Modlin in singles, dominant. Dominant. Frank Modlin and Jamie Graham in doubles, weird. 
Okay. Here's my solution for Jamie Graham and Frank Maudlin. Go into a tournament. Okay. And don't say a word to each other the entire time. Don't look at each other when the other person is throwing. Go and face the wall. You don't think it's the bags? You don't think it's the bags? No. Stare at the wall. (laughs) Stare at the wall and don't look at each other. Okay? Because something is happening dynamically with Jamie and Frank. When I watch Frank play singles, that guy is throwing the same speed as Jacob Gore. He is not thinking for a second. And when I watch Frank Maudlin play with Jamie Graham, every bag he throws is a decision. It's an excuse. It's a clarification. Mm. It's something. Mm. And they're not playing free. Jamie Graham is showing me in, in some of his singles that he can play free. Frank Maudlin is showing me when he gets to play free, the guy is unbeatable. Stop overthinking it. Stop talking to each other get up to the board and throw the bag i don't even want you if the if the, if the hole is closed take a guess guess <laughs> guess if you should throw it in the hole right now do not zero communication do, don't discussion. even ask if it's open don't take any timeouts you go into the game assuming you have zero timeouts in a three second shot clock and I guarantee you, if they approach the next tournament that they play in together like that, it will be the best version of Jamie Graham and Frank Maudlin we will ever see. Because whatever it was, this was the case two years ago, three years ago, and it's the case now. But Frank Maudlin, something in his brain is different when he walks up to a doubles game. And now I could argue we're seeing some – we saw even something similar with Cheyenne. And Cheyenne definitely – is not the same type of personality as Jamie Graham. She is not as vocal and not going to have those one-on-one conversations, but it was almost as if Frank was continuously looking for validation and maybe not validation isn't the right word. Maybe it's, it's confirmation that what I'm doing is what you want. And that has got to go away. If Frank Maudlin is going to be a successful doubles player I don't think there's a problem with Frank's throw, his play style, and his ability. I think it's on whatever this dynamic is when he hits doubles. So there's my advice. Jamie, when Frank is playing with you, turn around and don't pay any attention to him. <laughs> you know, that that actually brings up a memory from, I think it was the regional last week or a couple weeks ago. I, I felt there was like a weird timeout in there, right, where – it almost looked like Jamie Graham was questioning Frank's decision on a specific shot. And I think you actually called that out in the feed and was like, whoa, I, I don't know if that's good timing. The game mm-hmm. is still active. So, yeah, I think that led into your comment there in, in a good point. I think it's valid. Absolutely. No uh, talking. No talking. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> well, Frank's just like a really nice, considerate guy. I think it's his personality. So it's hard for him probably. But when he's playing single, he's playing very um selfish right just whatever i want to do it doesn't matter anybody thinks or cares and he doesn't and he doesn't if you watch i'm I'm serious for 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 a senior he is the fastest throwing senior player i've ever seen maybe philip hayden was up there but Mm -hmm. when you got frank maudlin philip hayden those games were quick yeah which is you never see in seniors and that's because there was a no hesitation delivery and frank maudlin how many times do we see him in seniors or in USA Cornhole, dominate in singles, but then he comes out in doubles and he just doesn't live up to the same level of expectation. All right. There you go. You heard it here. Now it is time for buy or sell. 
Uh, first one's going to be Jimmy Humans is the international goat. Uh, I'll buy it for now. Okay. Um, look, I mean, it, it, we're, we're early. We're young in the international game. He can have the title for now, right? But um, I think as we grow, that'll change. Tony Smith, Mark Richards have had some success. Jordan Power obviously had some success. Jordan Power may have that title if he chooses to, to make some international travel, right? Um, there are different ways that we you can, you know, uh, show that level of success. So um, for now, Jimmy Humans is one in multiple continents. He's one in multiple countries, and I think he's he's earned that reputation. So I'll buy it for now. Anthony? Yeah, I'm also going to buy it. You know, we, we got a little Tony Smith, Mark Reacher starting to dabble a little bit in a couple international events, uh, but... I don't. I think it's really good that Jimmy Humans, what he's doing. He, he's such a good dude. If you ever have the opportunity to talk to him, and I think that plays really well into the international audience. Um, the comfort of approaching a pro, having conversation. I think Jimmy Humans will do that really well and help spread uh, the word and the interest in the international game. But I'm going to buy. Power and Neistead could be better than Power and Ruben. You said could be easy. Better. You said easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Well, could, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, could be is, is the question Not is, but could be. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to have to sell it. Um, I don't, I just cannot see. And, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm crazy, but when Jay Rubin is there, he's, he's in that zone. He just, he was he was a madman, and you just couldn't beat him. And I talk about the it factor. Jay Rubin at times had that it factor. Now, when you compare him to certain people, um, you know, I think in the end, you know, he might not have the same level of it factor consistency as Tony Smith and Mark Richards, but he still had it in some instances, and that's what it took to win a world championship. So could Jordan Power and Joe Neistat win a doubles world championship? Could they win, you know, their round limited championship? I just, I can't see it right now. I'm going to have to sell. Anthony? Yeah, I'm also going to sell. Uh, it's not just a skill thing. There, you, I think you hit it, the nail on the head there. So there's something about Ruben that he brings to that doubles partnership that's just beyond skill. Um, when you watch him play, he had those moments where when Power will make a mistake, he's like, I got you, I got you, I got you on the next one. Or when he needed Power to hit a shot, he held him accountable and said, finish up boy. Like he would put that pressure on him and power would always seem to come through. So somehow that that chemistry, that dynamic just worked really took it to the next level. It wasn't just the skill because we know how good Ruben was, but I'm going to sell. They were something special. Agreed. Brandon Brown is the top Canadian player. Yeah, I'll buy it. I think he showed it through that result there. And I think, um, you know, I think there's other candidates to to potentially pass him in the future, but he's earned it. Um, he earned his pro card. He's won at the highest level. He's competed internationally. He, he he was he was really good in teams last year. I mean, he's been the most consistent Canadian player, and at least for now, the donkey gets my top spot. I'll buy it. Anthony, this dude's a character. Uh, he's a big character. Um, I, I'd have to uh, buy as well. You know, you got Dion Kuza. Um, you mentioned Weiss right there with him, but for right now, he's the guy. Frank Verona would be on your rookie of the year ballot right now because you alluded to something, Anthony, but no, right now, uh, I am going to buy it. 
So if I look at my rookie of the year ballot, what would it be right now? I think, and I think I mentioned this before. I think there are four right now that you cannot argue. Um, Agree. I have one that I'm willing to give up. Yeah. You got four that you're willing. You got to have, you got to have trader. You got to have Ellis. You got to have Allen. And I think recently you have to have Soto because I think Soto, you know, we, we had some question marks because he wasn't playing as many open events. And then what does he do? The first one where he really shows up in Texas, he wins it. Okay. Put him on the ballot, right? He's, he's at that list. So where does that fifth spot go? And to be honest with you, the more I thought about it, I don't think it's particularly close. I think it should go to Verona. And I think he should stay on that ballot, at least for the time being, because he is the most accomplished, right? Because we look at at the ends of tournaments, he's been there multiple times. He's now made the finals in multiple events. What other rookie can we say out there at this given time has been able to do that? Are there other potential people that could get there once the pro season comes around? Absolutely. But as of right now, Frank Verona is the one that is showing the most level of consistency. And for that, he deserves to sit at that spot on that last ballot spot for me. Anthony, what do you think? I think that fifth player uh, and Trey would probably agree that is it Braden Wilson, is that the one player you're thinking about where it's like he's out Verona's in I, this is tough, but I'm actually going to go the other way. Uh, Braden Wilson's from Texas guys. So there is the Texas factor for me. Um, I'm going to sell, although I think Verona's one legit finish away from being right on that ballot. (laughs) He's right there. Elizabeth Tennyson finishes as a top five female. Uh, you know, we kind of flirted with this last time we said, is she a top three female? I sold that. You said, you look at the list of where people are. Now, we, we've extended it now to top five and saying, will she finish there in the top five? I will buy this. And I think this is a little this is a little hot. This is a little spicy. But I still think you're going to have the consistent finishes out of Bubenheim, out of Belvin, out of Streaker, out of Finley, right? So then who's that next tier Who's Bella. that fifth spot? Yeah, what about right? Bella? Bella? Bella Soprenant. You have um, you have Bella Soprenant. You have Yeti Irwan. You have Kaylee Hunter. Could those people get into those places? I'm betting on either A, Bella may not be able to consistently finish at that high level for other reasons, or she doesn't have the consistency or something like that, or one of those four that I just mentioned isn't as consistent as we originally said. So I'm banking on one of those. If I'm going to put Elizabeth Tennyson into my top five, and I think I'm willing to take that risk. She's been so consistent over these past few months, and I'm seeing a grinder mentality. That's something that when we talk about Anthony, Anthony is such a fan of people that are dedicating extra time to really take their game to the next level. I see that in Tennyson. Yeah. And I think because of that, that's going to be the difference maker. So I'm willing to go on an edge and say bye knowing that it is a pretty, pretty spicy uh, take. Anthony? I'm going to go out on the edge as well. I'm going to buy five. I'm going to buy five. Uh, this was tough to do, but as I think about it more, um, you, I, I agree with that the two or three that you said are not going to budge. There's no way to break, and that's why I sold on the top three. But hot take, Tennyson outperforms Belvin in the near future. That's wow. my hot take. That's oh. what I'm. That's what I'm really thinking here. Interesting. I can't settle on Finley Streaker, uh, um, Bubenheim, Bubenheim or Bella. 
So okay. I think it comes down to Tennyson Belvin, you know, mom, she's, you know, she's got a lot of things going on right now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that Tennyson makes a move. Okay. All right. Uh, we actually have uh, some news to share with you about our Around the ACL podcast and some other changes coming to our content. So Trey, why don't you share with us what we have to look forward to? Yeah. So, um, you know, in an effort of uh, trying to, you know, I, I think 2024 from a big picture from the ACL is somewhat getting back to basics and getting back to things that we know we do really well and prioritizing those. And instead of a lot of people trying to move in a lot of different directions, trying to, in a way, consolidate and say, let's identify this thing and let's knock it out of the park, right? So even even when you look at our small group here, right, and just us three here, like Anthony's a brilliant analytical mind in the lab and does a lot of great work there. And I can't wait as part of you know, our content moving forward to give you guys more content around the lab and give you guys more data publicly. Like let's Anthony kill it and dedicate more time to doing that. Michelle is just a marketing psychological, you know, phenom. She just understands all those different intricacies, like giving Michelle an opportunity to do more things like that, as well as a lot of our other teams that do a lot of different special things. And so when it comes to our podcasting strategy, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a consolidation and really bring everything into to one central messaging center. So the idea is moving forward that um, we're going to be consolidating a lot of our podcasts into a single podcast moving forward, meaning uh, ACL Live, Around the ACL, Baggin and Braggin, and Borderline are all going to kind of join forces in a way to deliver consistent messaging and a little bit more fun. And what that could mean is, around the ACL, maybe a little bit longer. Um, haven't exactly decided what that time frame looks like just yet, but in the month of February, these these transitions will happen, and they'll give people an opportunity also to make more appearances on the uh, around the ACL. So here on, on ATA, you know, look for certain things to get added to make this a really fun show and a really interesting show. There will be elements to Borderline that come on the show. Borderline does a really great job of addressing you know, current events and, you know, the emotional side of the game and really interesting fun facts and things of that nature, that'll become part of the show. Bagging and bragging, right? The virality of certain highlights and, you know, we be bragging, right? I mean, that that part of that show integrates into around the ACL and even ACL live with the ability to um, reach people with a live audience, all of those elements we want to bring into one central show. So, in February, you know, look for around the ACL to still be around, but look for some of these other shows to kind of uh, fade and then become part of around the ACL. So while there may be some diehard borderline and and bagging and bragging listeners, just know that a lot of those elements and certain bits of those elements are going to be combined into around the ACL. The ideas around the ACL will become something that airs can, again on a weekly basis and has all of your familiar faces that you're used to hearing on all of your different podcasts. It just may mean there's a rotation, right? Um, you know, Anthony may be involved some weeks, may not be. I may be involved some weeks, may not be. Um, I think Michelle is, you're going to remain, you know, as you know, a, a really core part as a host and, and a strong lead in, in this show. Um, and also give around the ACL an opportunity to, uh, premiere live in some instances on different platforms so that people can, 
you know, get that the power of the notification, right? When when something goes live, similar to what um, ACL Live does, and also give an opportunity for this show to be a little bit longer, if that's what the what what the cornhole nerds out there really want is to get their their full uh, feel of of a longer podcast. So, um, in addition to that, the dedicated media team. Um, being able to clip certain portions of this, right? Anthony does a great job right now. If we say something ridiculous, he grabs it, he throws it up on his social media. There's going to be more of an effort that here in the future to get those little viral sound bites. And when you combine additional personalities, right, and other people coming on this show just besides us, right, I think it has the potential to really do that. Um, there'll be more player interviews. There are more people involved in the show. And I think that's, that's going to make it a, a really cool opportunity. So, um, so yeah, so moving forward, it just means in, starting in February, things are going to look and sound a little bit different, but the good news is a lot of the same, you know, the same personalities are here, here to stay and here to um, talk all things cornhole. And this is a good opportunity to, again, bring us back to basics instead of trying to do five shows or four shows, um, let's do one show. Let's knock it out of the park, give everybody what they want and make it something that has the potential to reach a really, really large audience. So, um, so those are the changes, that come into, to, uh, ACL cornhole TV around the ACL and uh, the rest of our podcasting platforms here in 2024. Awesome. Definitely excited, um, for all the things coming. Can't wait to share them with you. More things coming in March as well. So, Definitely stay tuned. Uh, you don't want to miss it. That's for sure. Yeah, we got these guys are so busy now with so many different things. We have to take, you know, we got to consolidate a little bit here, right? If we want all these different <laughs> things that we got, Michelle and Anthony and all of them getting ready to do, you know, they not they don't have enough hours in a day to be able to take them take them all on. It's true. It's true. Got, can't be spread too thin. So um, next up, we got a, a new little game, underrated, overrated, or properly rated. I'm going to read a player, and then you guys are going to say if that player is over, under, or properly rated. The first one is Jordan Power. Uh, Jordan Power. This one is tough um, because I think there's a public perception out there that he's just a little bit – I mean, not a little bit. He's mouthy, right? And so a lot of times that, that hurts people's <laughs> perception of him. In a way, I think that makes him underrated. I'm going to say Jordan Power is underrated because there's this perception that his talking doesn't always live up to the hype. But at least what I've seen over the past six months, on the double side and even sometimes on the single side, he's showing up there at the end of tournaments, which is not necessarily something I saw a ton of in 2023. So he has been better these past three or four months than he was in 2023, especially on the single side, that's trending upward. I'm going to say underrated. Anthony? I'm going to say properly rated. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about a world champ, right? But at the same time, I think uh, collectively across the board, all the public, we, we don't expect Jordan Power to consistently win tournaments. He's not Tony Smith or Mark Richards where we're constantly throwing these names out. But we do expect him to be deep in tournaments, which, which we have seen a lot of. So I'm going to say properly rated. Jacob Trzinski. This one is this one is tough. Um, I am going to go underrated as well. Um, I, I won't say underrated for everybody. I promise. But <laughs> I, I'm going to say underrated because when you look at what Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski did last year, how many people? What percentage is the public going to tell you that was because of Tony Smith? Seventy-five percent, eighty percent. If you say that much then Jacob Trzinski has to be 
underrated. Because to me, I think it's maybe 55% Tony Smith. I, I really think Jacob Drzinski was a big part of that. This year, already showcasing he's a top 15 player, borderline top 10 player. He was right in that same ballpark in singles last year. And if we were talking about anybody else in singles, you know, being a borderline top 10 player, we'd be continuously talking about how good they are. And that sometimes isn't what we do about with, with, with Jacob Drzinski. I'm going to say underrated. Anthony? I am also going to say underrated. Uh, there's just this next level grit with this guy. I think the only thing that's going to work against Jacob Trzinski being a top five player in the world is, I don't want to call it anger, but temper. <laughs> his I, a temper, uh, almost like he gives up too soon. I've seen matches where he's down 15-2. We're at Worlds. He's down 15-2. He goes to all airmail. 15-2, I've seen people come back from yeah. 15 to two. Actually, that one case was hilarious. He goes all airmail, hits like nine in a row, finds himself back in at 15, nine. So it's like, don't give up too soon, JT. Keep your mind right. You know, if he can get that mental part of the game, we're talking about a top five player, underrated. Ryan Windsor. Uh, this was so hard. I almost went underrated here. And, and that's crazy to say, but I'm going to go properly rated because I think a lot of people still view Windsor as someone that um, is a top five, 10 player in the world. In the past few months, he has shown that. If you had asked me this question eight, 10 months ago, I would have said overrated, but he has completely flipped that mentality for me. He has completely re, you know, rejuvenated his game. He's continuously at the there at the end of tournaments, and this is a guy that's in my top 10 he is ready to get back to where he was two, three years ago. I'm going to say properly rated because I think he really is potential to be one of those great players this year. Anthony? I'm also going to say properly rated. And assuming everybody has been paying attention and looks at Ryan Windsor as a top 10 player in this league, as a guy who can win any tournament he gets in, as a guy who's back into that, that rut of being a top two player, this was a guy that was top two, three years in a row. I think he's back to that level of play, so... Properly rated if you're paying attention. Alex Hicks. Oh, Anthony's not gonna like this one. Why you got uh, that kid on there, Trey? Come on. I know. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say overrated. Um, I think right now there's a perception out there that Alex Hicks is going to be that top five player that he was a few years ago. Right now, I am just not seeing that level of consistency at that top level. Now, the good news is the technique wise he can get there. He has that ability to do that. And he's got a really, really strong partner. And I think this year is going to be really special because he's playing alongside Ryan Trader, who's going to get a lot of those eyeballs. And I think it's going to benefit Alex Hicks to have his partner getting all of the eyeballs instead of him getting all of the eyeballs has a chance to do that. Unfortunately, I'm going to go overrated here. Anthony. I'm not mad at you. I totally get it. Um, but I think I'm going to go properly rated because None of us are picking Alex Hicks as a top 10 player. We don't really talk about Alex Hicks winning tournaments anymore, but properly rated in that we expect him to be a top 20 guy. I think that he's still going to come in and be in that tiny nine percentile, the top 91% of the league. I think he still has the ability to be a top 20 guy properly rated. Adam Hisner. <laughs> this one's weird. Um, this one's hard. I I'm going to go properly rated because I think the perception out there is like on any given day, Adam Hissner is just going to be able to show up and, and win. But then there's going to be some days where he's just not going to be very good. 
And I think that's still <laughs> what we could get out of Adam Hisner. We he's still kind of this mystery that we haven't fully figured out yet. Um, I still think Hisner is a really, really good player. I think he has the potential to be there right there, right there at the end for any tournament. Um, he's going to have some up and downs go. I'll, I'll go properly rated. Anthony, I'm going to go underrated. Uh, I think I think Adam Hisner is is set up to have a solid 2024 season. Um, that would be me sleeping on him too. I mean, I, I'm not talking about him in a top 10, but come the end of the year, if Adam Hissner is number eight in the world, it'd be like, okay, I guess we should have saw that coming. Cause I think he's setting himself up for that. Ryan Hart. This one's hard because I, I, I go back and forth between underrated and properly rated, but I'm going to go underrated. And the reason I'm going to say this is because he, he's getting a little bit of a Trzinski syndrome right now. Because what's happening is he's paired himself with Jeremiah Ellis, who is having an incredible start to the season and someone who are, we're going to pick to possibly win entire pro events. Now, what happens every single event that he makes it to the finals and doubles? It's going to be because of Jeremiah Ellis and nothing to do with Ryan Hart. That's exactly what happened to Jacob Trzinski last year and exactly why he's fallen into this kind of perception that He's not on the same level as, as as those other guys. But in the end, what does Trzinski do? He's a top 15 player. We've seen Ryan Hart win pro singles events before, be in the finals of brackets of pro events in singles before. So because of that, Hart's a good singles player. And he's going to do damage in doubles. I'm going to go underrated. Anthony? I'm also going to go underrated. Um Yes, I agree with you what you're saying about the Ellis partnership. I And I, I've only had a few conversations with Ryan Hart. I don't know him intimately, but what he's showing me at the pro level is that he can give two shits about not being the A player in a, in a, in a doubles team. I think that he just quietly keeps grinding. He just does his thing. He stays quiet. He puts his head down and he, and he grinds. Uh, and he has a lot more to his game then people give him credit for, you know, he's throwing a, a style of bag that doesn't necessarily highlight a role or some of this complex capability, but he has all of those shots in his back pocket. I think underrated for Reinhardt. Trey Birchfield. I'm going to go overrated. Um, this is tough um, because he's a world champ, a former world champ in singles. He has been at the pinnacle. He's been at the top. He's, he's done everything there is. He, he he's, he's done you know, doubles world championships. Like he's, he's got that resume that is just unbelievable. I just don't know if he like hit that age where it was like, he, he he's living life. Right. And I think he's trying to get back to that point. He's kind of doing a little bit of a correction. I've seen some level of improvement over the past few months, but there's still this perception. I think that Trey Birchfield is the world champ and he can be unbeatable and he can win any event at any given time. And to be honest, Anthony, I, I just, I think the gauge here is if you said Trey Birchfield wins singles at the first national event, would you be surprised? I would be shocked. Shocked. And I think that's an, that's an indication of where he is right now that's very different than where he was three years ago. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, overrated. I feel like Trey Birchfield is almost becoming a doubles guy now, which is really weird. Like I would, like you said, I'd be shocked. If he came out and won a tournament and we've seen this happen before where a player at the top of the game takes a fall. I mean, if, if Trey Birchfield's out there listening, be like, 
keep going, my guy, because you know, keep your keep your confidence, keep your motivation high. We saw Jamie Graham go from world champ to like 24. We saw Matt Guy come in, be one of the best players in the league, fall to like 20 something. And they've had the ability to come back. So it's 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 not like Trey Birchfield can't be back on top of this game, but for right now, he's not on top of the singles game. Overrated. All right, we're gonna go into hot takes. Trey, you got one? Uh, I do. I do. And this is kind of a big picture here. Talking about Canada, I think the number one player in Canada, okay, for the end of the 2025 season is a top 40 talent in the world, and we don't know who it is yet. Oh, okay. 40 is tough. So, yeah, I love that hot take. That You might be like, oh, top 40, that's, that is a big deal. You're talking about a 256 yes. field. That's huge. Yes. Anthony. All right, I'm going to stay on the Verona train. Uh, okay. I think this guy is setting up to peak himself coming into the pro season. He's, he continues to get better, continues to go deeper. I think he's going to come in and make a bracket final at national number one, Frank Verona. Watch him. Love it. All right, mine is I'm setting the line for uh... – Trey and Shelby's Disney trips that includes Disneyland and Disney World at 5.5, and I'm taking the over <laughs> trips or days. <laughs> oh, okay, this is it. Visits anytime you're at the park, ticket purchases, ticket purchases. Well, I think they're <laughs> season pass holders, right? So, oh, you got the season pass. Never mind. <laughs> taking the over. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will come to you next time um, and, and look forward to those changes in the future. Thanks so much for joining us.